The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is going to be a great show because I have with me today a woman who is just everything par excellence. Welcome, please, Mary Kay Smith, who is Mary Kay Smith, RN, IBCLC, and person extraordinaire. Welcome, Mary Kay. Thank you. That was so sweet of you. (laughs) Well, Mary Kay, you have been following me around for more years than I want to admit. (laughs) Yeah, it has been a few, hasn't it? I remember very distinctly that when my first book came out, you came and you bought a copy, and then you bought another copy, and then you bought another copy and then when I had my second book you bought a, a, a copy and you know we in the office we actually we kind of joke about you as the woman who always keeps buying the book I guess it's because you keep losing your copy or getting a new job or having new staff but we always really take that as a compliment it's really great Mary Kay. <laughs> well I thank you actually I give them to young fledgling LCs who need to learn more and I end up giving quite a few of them away but it's such a treasure Well, thank you. I'm just glad that I could have you on my show today because what we're going to be talking about today is what I would generally call full-term baby, full-time pumping. And as you probably know, there are people who are pumping full-time although their baby has no medical indication for it. And so I just want to be really clear with our listeners Two things. First of all, we are not talking about the mother for whom pumping is critical. She's got a baby who can't suckle. The baby's in the NICU or whatever. We're not at all talking about that. We're talking about the mother who, in fact, has elected to do full-time pumping for basically a full a full term baby so that's the main topic and i'm hoping that everybody will hear this in context mary kay one of the reasons why i wanted to ask you onto the show is that i know you just have wonderful wonderful counseling skills you're about a zillion percent better than i would ever be so i know that you will help the mothers who are listening today and maybe the nurses and the ibclcs and the doctors and the everybody else is listening today to really understand that where we're coming from, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think you and I have had this discussion enough, I think that, that we're both on board with where we want to stand here is about informed consent, that we want the mothers to better understand this, and we want to better understand this. Is is that, are we on the same page here? 
Oh, I I think so. I and if I might add, uh, and thank you for your compliment on my counseling skills. It certainly is a test of those skills. Yes. Sometimes to be tactful and read into a mother's attitude and comments as to why she's made this choice. So this is going to be kind of a, a tricky topic to talk about because we don't want to sound judgmental or critical, but it's hard not to. I think, Mary Kay, part of what makes this a tricky topic is because I'm usually a big one at saying, I'm here to give you the science and bust the myths and blah, blah, blah. But here, we really have no data on why women choose to pump or what could be the possible reasons why they would choose to do this. So I think that whether it's you and me or anybody else, we're just kind of shooting darts at, why exactly do you think that Do you think, I mean, this is really just opinion, we've got no science, but do you think that women actually like using a piece of technology in order to give their milk to their babies, or do you think it just sort of happens, that is, without really much thought or desire, meaning, do you think this is really a conscious, well-informed decision, or do you think it's something that happens to mothers and it's more like an unintended path that just evolves from the realm of possibilities. How how do you think this actually comes down in real life? That's a challenging question, Marie, because I think we're going to get as many answers as the number of women that we would ask the question of. But I did some some online research. There are a number of, oh, I don't know, I guess I would call them chat pages or something of women. And, um, you know, I think it, in some cases, it does sort of just evolve as a, I tried it, it didn't work, and this is what I'm going to do instead because I want my baby to get breast milk. Um, you and I had talked a little bit about, you know, what women might possibly see as an advantage. A lot of the women commented that they like to see what the baby is getting. Yes, yes. Um, another comment that had quite a few <clears throat> hits was, I can have control over the feedings, Mm. which kind of raises a, you know, yellow flag to me about mothering. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Yes. Um, Mothers can help, obviously, um, which is one of the choices why people choose not to breastfeed sometimes or not, you know, even to pump and give milk so others can help. But I think sometimes women just fall into it and the women that, say, oh, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I know what I'm getting into. Don't know what they're getting into until they get into it. Do you agree? Um, I do. I, I think that, as you know, because you've taken my courses several times over the years, you know that I am big at preaching indications, benefits, risks, alternatives, or do nothing. And we'll talk maybe more about those benefits and risks when we come to the second segment of the show, but I'm thinking, Mary Kay, to me, there is something that feels to me like women prefer to do this full-time pumping because it seems predictable to them. And I think that in a world where we... uh, 
you know, I mean, we go around with our iPhones. I've got this little thing that dings at me that tells me that I'm doing my show with Mary Kay in an hour. You know, that kind of thing. You know, I, well, I think. It depends on technology, yes. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. And I think that we have these things which help us to have a predictable life. I think that the vast majority of women who breastfeed or choose to breastfeed tend to be those people who, uh, as we know, they are higher up on the economical totem pole. And so that probably means they're working. If they're working, they're probably more used to a predictable schedule, et cetera, et cetera. And so I guess I have to wonder, is that why pumping, could, could that explain it? Because maybe they, they feel like it's a more predictable path. And I think I'd have to agree. You know, you never know what that baby's going to do. That's for sure. And And so... Tell me this, do you think, this worries me a lot, do you think that the healthcare team has some input into the, I don't know, input is probably not the right word, but do you think that the healthcare team factors into this? And by that, I mean, have we failed in our attempts to actually help the mother to latch on and suckle the baby? Or have we put up so many stumbling blocks that the mother doesn't really stand a chance at having the breastfeeding get off to a good start? You know, I'm thinking about the times that we've said, oh, his blood sugar is so low. Oh, we have to give him a bottle. And then she doesn't want to give him a bottle, so pumping looks good. Or Maybe the baby doesn't do well at the breast, and then the mother gets discouraged. How much of that do you think is along the lines of we as healthcare providers maybe unintentionally foisted this upon the mother? Can, can you speak to that? I, I would have to tend to agree with you, Marie, that a lot of the support that other healthcare providers give you know, those that are not focused on breastfeeding, breastfeeding experts are a little more vague and, oh, yeah, breast is best. Breast milk is the best. You know, whatever you can to give the baby the breast milk. And, yeah, I would say that there's quite a bit of un- uninformed encouragement and support for yeah. this. Yeah. And we also have the influence, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, of the breast pump manufacturers, you know, they've they've kind of sold us down the river with those marketing messages that, you know, the breast milk is the best and no matter how you get it into your baby, um, and we're going to help you get it into your baby. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I would say that to some degree, we in America have done a beautiful job of selling the benefits of human milk. I'm not sure we've done such a hot job of selling breastfeeding, and those are two different things. Oh, I have to agree. I actually found a website that made a statement that said the value of breast milk is well known, but the value of breastfeeding is not. Ooh, I'm liking that. Very astute observation. I'm thinking of my wonderful friend, Debbie Bokar in Oklahoma City, and she often says, mouth on breast does not equal breastfeeding. Audible learned that. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I I mean, I heard that she's got a slide, and that's all that's on it. Mouth on breast does not equal breastfeeding. Audible swallowing equals breastfeeding. And I always use that line when I teach as well. So how does that figure into the whole bit with the pump, you know? 
Well, sure, because they, they can see what they're getting. That I saw that statement made numerous, numerous times. You know, I know what he's getting. I know how much um, he takes. And, you know, just as a sidebar to that, doesn't that kind of lead us into that whole risk of excessive intake and lack of self-regulation? Oh, sure. That, sure. Yeah, well, obvious. Mary Kay, let me ask you this then. Is it that we... I know that I have heard all of those statements made to mothers. We've got to give the baby the bottle because his glucose is down or his jaundice is up or his whatever, whatever. And then I've seen those that don't actually give a rationale. It's just they really don't know enough to help the mother latch on the baby. And so somehow the mother ends up with the pump. I got that. All right. But as I hear you talking, I'm wondering if maybe we don't do a good enough job of reassuring mothers how they can tell. I know, for instance, when I teach my comprehensive course, I spend a fair amount of time talking about the signs of satiety, which, by the way, another thing that Debbie always emphasizes when she teaches. Do we need to do a better job with helping mothers to recognize the signs of satiety? I think that we we couldn't, you know, we it wouldn't hurt to do that, but in my day-to-day counseling of moms, they all ask, how long, what time, yeah. how many minutes? You know, <laughs> yeah. you talk about, yeah. watch the baby. And, you know, I always like to laugh and say, sometimes you want a piece of toast for breakfast and sometimes you want bacon and eggs and potatoes and toast. You know, you're going to eat for different lengths of time. But they still don't hear it. They still want to look at the minutes. Oh, Mary Kay, I have so been there, done that. I have so, I really, really understand what you're saying. For those of you who may just be joining me, I have with me my guest, Mary Kay Smith, who is at Edward Hospital in Naperville, Illinois. Mary Kay and I are here today talking about full-time pumping for full-term babies. And what we really tried to do is to look at both the mother aspect and the healthcare aspect, the healthcare provider aspect of how this actually happens in the first place, why mothers seem to be going down that road. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. 
Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to Energy Medicine and Optimal Health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here with my guest today, Mary Kay Smith. And I want to let you know that we are taking callers today at half past the hour. For me, that will be 6.30 Eastern Time. I know it'll be different for those of you on the West Coast. Here's the phone number if you'd like to call in. We're at 866-472-5792. I will repeat that. Feel free to call us in the, uh, at the uh, bottom of the hour, half past the hour, 866 472 5792 and Mary Kay and I will do our best to try to address your question because there's so little science on this. I do have also a very special announcement for all of you who might be listening. You may or may not be aware that March 5th is IBCLC Day. And I will repeat that. March 5th is IBCLC Day. Now, whether you are an IBCLC or not doesn't matter. We will be having a special giveaway on that day. It will be a 24-hour only time. Uh, d- during that time, we have a very special little gift for you, a especially if you are a professional. So make sure that you have an account on my professional website, and that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'll repeat that. It's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Go in the upper right-hand corner, a place where it says create an account, and then watch your email because on March 5th, we will be sending you a happy little note telling you what our gift to you is. And you don't have to be an IBCLC to get the gift. 
And by the way, this is one of those everybody win deals, so you don't want to miss something cool. Okay, so Mary Kay Smith is with me today, and we were talking about full-time pumping for full-term infants. And in this segment, Mary Kay, I'd really like to look a little bit at informed consent. Those women, uh, parents, families, people, whatever. I think it's really important that they understand the benefits, the risks, and the alternatives to a treatment or a procedure or a medication of any kind uh, or any kind of intervention. So before we go to those benefits and risks and so forth, do you consider full-time pumping to be a treatment or a procedure or something along those lines? Oh, my gosh. I think you could look at it either way, but in both cases, it would involve some of a, a an informed consent or an informed, you know, telling people what to expect and how to, to cope with it, the the ups and downs of it. I mean, it sure sounds easy, but it's not. Yes. Um, it's just as hard, if not harder, than bottle feeding formula. I mean, I hate well, to sound flip- flippant about it, but I tell <laughs> women, it's twice as much work. Well, before you tell us the downside, tell us, what do you see? And by the way, I do see it as a treatment or a procedure or something like that. And the reason that I'm real adamant about sticking to my guns on that one is that I feel that any kind of treatment or procedure absolutely requires follow-up. If I'm going to send the woman home with anything, I don't care if it is a, a shield or a pump or a pair of crutches. I feel that any of those things deserve follow-up, and that always concerns me from uh, the standpoint of teaching professionals. But tell me this, what do you see as the benefits of the full-term pumping for the full-term infant? And I want to be crystal clear for our audience here, I'm really talking about those situations where we have elective pumping, not the babies who have a medically identified difficulty. So what do you see as the benefits, Mary Kay? Well, I just think people have, women see as they have control over the situation. They can decide when they're going to pump, when they're going to feed the baby. Um, you know, going back to work, I think so many young women have to go back to work. They they use that as an excuse, too. Well, I'm going to have to pump when I go back to work, yep. so I may as well get started now. Um, and again, yeah. as you had pointed out earlier, that it may be somewhat of a social status issue almost that, you know, those who have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more access to the technology needed, maybe the ones more likely to do this. Yes. Yes. So um, what are the downsides to pumping then? Truly, we, we don't have a whole lot of clear evidence on this, but I think we're very much within our rights to say that these benefits that we talk about for breastfeeding, those are the benefits of breastfeeding. I don't know that we know that stuff about when when the breast is detached from the milk, well, you know. This can, is breast you... milk feeding. <laughs> yes, yes. So what do you see as the downsides, Mary Kay? Well, the whole washing bottles, washing pump parts, making sure you have a place to keep the milk cold. Um, What if your refrigerator breaks down? What if you're out somewhere? You know, it's really, you know, and if you're away from home and it's time to pump, you have to find a place to pump. And, you know, it's it's just a lot of, of 
the same thing that women who bottle feed formula have to go through. But in so many cases, you know, these women will happily deal with those to support the choice they made. Yes. People yes. get very I, defensive and very um, feel very critiqued and criticized about they call you know being judged. You know that we're we're judging them because we're advocates for the baby. We're we're speaking out for the baby. As as you frequently say, what would the baby say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the baby say? <laughs> I, I mean, I am very sure that if you asked the baby. Would you rather eat your food at your mother's breast or would you rather eat your food through an artificial nipple? There is no question in my mind what the baby would be saying. All right, right. so let me, let me ask you this then, because I get this from not only the parents, but from the professionals as well. They will come at me with, yeah, but it's okay if the baby has a, a low flow nipple. What do you think of that? I, I really don't think it's always the flow of the nipple that's important. You know, again, with using a bottle nipple, we're working with the same concept that breastfeeding directly at the breast has oral advantages. The baby controls the flow. The baby gets the, the jaw development and oral development. You know, you and to me that also speaks to that, you know, babies and moms are supposed to touch each other. There's uh, that yes. risk of propping the bottle, you know, because it might be, mom might be busy. Um, there's just a lack of an emotional component and a physiologic connection when you pump and bottle feed. As you know, my husband is an engineer. He is not into healthcare at all. But I distinctly remember many years ago, we hadn't been married very long, but what we were sitting at the dining room table having a dinner and he said, okay, so let me understand this then. You're telling me, he's always Mr. Physics and Science, you know, he says, you're telling me that even if you could create a substance that would be exactly like mother's milk, that if you put it in the bottle, it doesn't have skin-to-skin contact, it doesn't have arms, it doesn't hug, it doesn't have the eye-to-eye contact in the same way. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, I am telling you that. That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And so now I'm thinking, as many, oh, that had to be close to like 15 or 18 years ago, and now I realize we are putting that substance in the bottle but it still doesn't have arms. It doesn't hug. It doesn't have warmth. It, I don't know that that outpouring of gastric hormones occurs in the same way. And, and I guess, Mary Kay, that bothers me too. Look at, uh, we, we have a lot of discussion in this country about obesity. And if you go back and you look at the literature, you'll see that there is good, I, I'm not, saying you, because I know you know this, but you and I are always good at telling other people that one of the reasons why presumably babies don't have as much obesity is because they can self-regulate their intake. I, I don't know that we can say that babies will be less likely to be obese if they're taking in human milk through an artificial means. Am I, am I right here? Yes, you, I think you are because the self-regulation at the breast is what helps them learn when they're full and when to quit and 
And, and, you know, we haven't even mentioned that immunologic component that there's, you know, plenty of research out there that proves that it's the, the baby's mouth on the mother's breast that sets up those, for, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, the feedback of, yes. okay, these germs are in my environment, but mom's going to, body is going to make antibodies to that and I'm going to get it back from her breast. And I don't think that happens when you're pumping. You know, because yeah, you have that contact. It's plastic to skin, not skin to skin. That is so interesting because that's one of the things that I talk about when I give my song a dance on how we are mammals. And if you look at all mammals, I don't care whether it's a cat giving birth to kitties or whatever, they're born near the mother's anus because the first exposure that the baby should get should be to the mother's uh uh, pathogens and not to some strangers so really then you're saying that every time that that baby is not skin to skin with the mother he's not having that exposure we all know that we have staff on our skin we know that right mm-hmm. and and so that is a really really good insight that oh man so let me ask you then we've only got a few minutes before a few seconds really before we go to break is it fair to say that the baby will really get all of those benefits of breastfeeding that we promise when he is getting human milk through a bottle i don't think they are getting all the benefits <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think it would uh, the very the most conservative thing here would to say is it's really not fair to think that that's automatically going to happen i am marie biancuso i am here with mary Kay smith who is nurse extraordinaire and uh we have been talking about this full-time pumping for full-term infants. Now, look at you folks. Don't you go away. Take it easy. We will be back right after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, 
current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with my very special guest, Mary Kay Smith who is at Edward Hospital in Naperville, Illinois. If you have a question for me or for Mary Kay, you know I'm going to boot it to Mary Kay tonight, right? Um, That would be 1-866-472-5792. We would love to hear your questions, your comments, your whatever it is you want to get in here with. Uh, We are absolutely open to that. and, And by the way, you can also send email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. We won't be able to answer those today, obviously, but we will try to address those on the next show. So before we go on, I'd just like to remind all of you who might, in fact, be pursuing your IBCLC credential, make sure that you know that I've got two free webinars that I give on a fairly regular basis. I just did one this afternoon, and I'm going to be doing one in a couple of days, and then there will be one either, I don't know if it's next week or the week after. But there is one on five keys to passing the IBCLC exam, and the other one, and that's for people that are walking up to the exam. The other one is on becoming a lactation consultant. Both of those are free live webinars. I absolutely take questions during the live webinars. You really don't need to do too much except just sign up for it when they are offered. I will tell you, though, we can only take 25 people on one webinar. So when we say that we're opening that up for registration, you really need to hop on my website and sign up right away. You just Put it in your cart. It, you sign up for $0, but you get the idea. You're, that is what will help you to get registered. So I'd like to invite you to do that. And don't forget what I told you at the beginning of the show about how we're going to have a special gift for anyone who uh, gets our email message when on March 5th. It will be a little 24-hour deal that you have an opportunity to get a gift. You do not need to be an IBCLC but you do need to sign up with us, and then we'll let you know what it is. Pretty cool. All righty. So, Mary Kay, before we went to the break, we were talking about what I think I would say are some of the disadvantages of doing the full-time pumping for a full-term infant from what I would say are generally the baby aspects. Okay, so how about the mommy here? If she is doing full-time pumping, do you think she has a greater likelihood of running out of milk sooner? Do you think she's a better setup for uh, plugged ducts, mastitis, blah, 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 blah? Tell us about those things. I have to agree with you that I think all of those statements are, are true risks to a mom who's exclusively pumping because, you know, she's depending on something mechanical, 
Um, even the best breast pump is hard plastic on the breast rather than soft baby mouth. And, Ooh, you know, if she yeah, yeah. isn't able to be someplace where she can pump at exactly the time she's scheduled. She runs the risk of a plug duct. And I don't think that the body responds the same way um, long term to pumping. I've known a lot of people that for health reasons had to pump long term and, and they all report declining milk supply after a certain length of time. You know, I guess it's just physiology. Mary Kay, I so much agree with you, but let me just tell you that a few weeks ago, I was helping a woman who has been a full-time pumper for more than six months, okay? And this woman, and I want to say her baby was like about six and a half months, all right? Going on seven months, somewhere around in there. And this woman was getting eight or nine ounces on one side and 10 ounces on the other side at every single pumping. So, you know, just to play devil's advocate here, because in theory, and even in clinical experience, I absolutely agree with you, but I would also say that it's not a fait accompli. Certainly, there are people who can do full-time pumping. What worries me is we don't know who those people are going to be, you know? That's true. And And, when you run the risk, you know, you can't always identify what's going to happen in the long term. I mean, we really don't know. It's sort of a leap of faith. Uh, Certainly, when we've got the research that shows, for example, that the four-month-old baby, when he puts his little paws on his mother's breast, that that increases prolactin levels. Okay, that's that's the work of Matthias, and we know that that's out there. But my question is, the pump is not going to grow fingers and put put them on the mother's breast, you know? And so how are you going to get that little sweet padding and that little sweet, and I'm saying patting, P-A-T-T-I-N-G, or that little massaging that, that increases those prolactin levels? You know, pumps just don't reach out and do that, for heaven's sakes. I do agree that the warmth is another issue. And so it Okay, so Mary Kay, so tell me this. Do you feel like over your, I'm sorry, I'm asking you all these stupid, like, closed-ended questions, but <laughs> it's like I know what you're going to say. Uh, but, but truly, explain to us, I guess, the mechanism of why uh, it's just, you run that risk that, that that milk supply is not necessarily going to be as good. I addressed the... Um, the business about the uh, the warmth and the fact that the baby puts his hands there. You talked about the the warmth. Haven't you ever seen mothers that don't get as good of a letdown, for example, some other kinds of things where in a career you've seen women that when they are full-time pumpers, they just eventually kind of putter out. Would you say that the majority of them pump, putter out? Would that be a fair statement? Well, it's, it's hard to say. I know there's been a lot more shared, um, we are calling it hands-on pumping for lack of a better oh, yes. term. Oh, yes. Jane Morton calls it hands-on pumping. Yes. Yeah. And I know there are a number of different companies who make hands-free pumping devices. And I was having a discussion with somebody about, you know, the whole hands-free issue that people might not touch, but I see it as an advantage because if their hands are free, they can do some massage and compression and have some of that skin-to-skin touch, you know, albeit yes. that it's from themselves. 
But that kind of leads me back around the circle to this whole, why did the mother choose to do exclusive pumping? Did we have that, you know, I hate to bring up the sexual abuse or the history of depression or, but there are some psychological reasons why women choose to do this. Oh, of course. And I think that we should acknowledge that, and you did just acknowledge that, and good for you, because I forgot to mention that. What bothers me, though, is as I go around the country teaching in major cities, I'm always astonished at the amount of professionals who just instantly assume that that is the reason why mothers are doing exclusive pumping. And I I think that that's certainly one possible explanation, but I don't think that it, it is an explanation for all of the... Oh, no, I totally agree with you. That's not the entire, you know, spectrum of why people choose to do this. So many women, you know, when I found surfing these websites about exclusive pumpers, you know, that mothers will say, well, I tried to latch her on and it didn't work, so I just decided to do this. And I think a lot of times it's just pure frustration on their part. They don't know where to get good help. Or, or they just throw their hands up in the air and say, well, I've got this pump and I'll use that. Yes, I think that's a big piece of it. And the other thing that I wanted to make a point about is that, you know, women have to have the appropriate pump. You can't maintain a long-term milk supply with a pump in a bag that costs $250. You're going to have to commit to what we call a hospital-grade pump. And those aren't always easy to, to transport or... You know, you have to invest in some equipment. So funny that you mentioned that because I just had a discussion with a mother who is very knowledgeable, very able, has uh, nursed four babies. Now, she did not do exclusive pumping. But when I even mentioned the idea that I encouraged mothers to rent a hospital-grade pump, she just she was like, no, you know, are you kidding me? That's more expensive, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily think that it is more expensive. That's another whole discussion. But I see the hospital-grade pump. This woman could do part-time pumping or even less than part-time pumping, and she did well, and that's really great. I'm really great at, glad that it worked for her, but it doesn't work for everybody, and it, it, it does work for everybody, but not necessarily in terms of, of setting you up for a six or seven or eight month or 12 month or 18 month uh, commitment. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it won't work. Well, it's having the right tool for the job. I sometimes like to uh, state it in terms that people can understand. Like if you want to cut down a tree, you could use a handsaw if it's a little three inch sampling. But if you've got a a giant redwood, you're going to need a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. Mary Kay, I wanted to go back to what you just said about hands-on pumping a few minutes ago. And for our professional listeners who are listening to this, I want to recommend that they read two superb articles by Dr. Jane Morton, who is at Stanford. Now, one was published in 2009, and I think that one was in pediatrics, although I'm not sure. And the other one was in, um, oh, I'm thinking like clinics in perinatology or something like that. And that was 2012. And I'm saying Dr. Jane Morton, M-O-R-T-O-N. Before we go to break, I just quick, quick want to say that I worked with a woman a couple of weeks ago that I know she she had this terrible bout of mastitis, then had another terrible bout of mastitis. And by the time that I saw her, she had this ring 
around her breasts from, guess what? She was using one of those hands-on pumping devices. And I said to her, I said, you know, the next few days, you're not going to be at work. You really need to not be using that hands-on pumping device because I'm very fearful that you've been pushing it too hard. I'm not really sure she was using it the way she should, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I said this, I'm not saying it's the cause, but I am saying that it could contribute to this uh, problem that you're having trouble licking, you know? So, okay, so anyway, we need to go to break. I am Marie Biancuzzo. I'm here with my guest, Mary Kay Smith, who is at Edward Hospital in Naperville, Illinois. Don't you go away. We will be right back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuzo. I'm here with my special guest today, Mary Kay Smith. And we've been discussing full-time pumping for full-term infants. It turns out that we have a caller with us uh, today as well because we said we would take questions, and sure enough, we're taking them. Our first caller is Mary Lynn from Michigan. Mary Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi, Mary Lynn. Uh, Hi, Mary Kay. Thank you for calling. Tell us your question. 
Well, my question is, I certainly agree with both of the things that you very smart lactation consultants are saying about moms wanting to control things and moms wanting to use technology. But I don't know if you agree with my theory, and, and in my experience, if you look around, you know, mothering, some families are family parenting and mothering their babies differently. And a number of years ago when I was in a hospital-based situation being a lactation consultant, I had a number of women saying to me, especially with people who considered themselves well-read or well-prepared or were having their second baby, you know, when you nurse your baby, your baby wants you all the time. And I'm busy. I've got Uh things to do. So I'm going to give them the best thing because I know that's what they need, but I want them to be able to be satisfied by somebody else too. And, you know, at the time I was the parent of three teenagers who wanted almost nothing to do with me. I I couldn't help but recognize the disparity there. But it's sort of in a way, you know, as an older person, it kind of broke my heart that they were giving away this incredible period of time. And I think we have a responsibility as mothers, as older people, as lactation consultants to say, yeah, your baby's going to form a very special attachment to you. Apart from the science and apart from the physiology and apart from the practicalities, we say, oh yeah, but this is the only time that your baby will, you can do this all by yourself. Nobody can do this for your baby but you. Do you That's have any really experience point. with that? Do you agree with that? 100%. Yes, I agree with that. And I think that because we can look back and and know that it's time that's irreplaceable, that it's our duty to tell these young exactly. women, yes, I know you're busy and I know, but, you know, I, I had a milestone birthday last week. And, um, yeah, you, know, you were 29. <laughs> melancholy about it and um I'm glad I made the choices I made they might not be right for a young person today but you know all you have in the end is is what you have accomplished with your family and they go on to parent and mother so and if these young women haven't ever had an experienced mom tell them oh it's wonderful when your baby wants nothing but you because or they haven't seen it it's sort of our responsibility, you know, in the hospital, in the clinic, in the world, in the grocery store, to tell them that. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, I kept getting this theme on these different chat groups I went to about moms mm-hmm. who are pumping that, I mean, moms all need the same thing. They need to have their confidence built. They need to feel yeah. support without pressure. They need to just be heard and... But somebody has to tell them the truth, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is All right, so invalidate their experience. Mary Kay, here's my trouble with telling them the truth. My trouble is that I do not want to make the mother feel badly about giving her milk to her baby because that is definitely better than formula feeding. I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to undercut her decision. I always see here's here's the other place where I paint myself into a corner. I'm always the one out there saying, this is your baby and you are the parent and you can decide and don't let people push you around. And then all of a sudden when they make a decision which is, you know what I'm saying? Then I feel like I can't disempower them and say, 
well, I'm only going to let you be empowered if you agree with the way that I think about it. We have to provide them with information. One thing I heard a pediatrician once say is we don't let parents argue with us that car seats are inconvenient and not yeah. the best thing for the baby all the time, and they'll probably be okay without it. We don't even begin to entertain that idea. But we're so namby-pamby about breast milk and breastfeeding that it's the best thing for the baby, too. It all buys into those guilt messages, and I talk about that just exactly the way you just did, Marilyn, about car seats and vaccines and smoking around your child. And, you know, there are some things that we can fudge a little on and some things that we need to be straightforward about. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I have always said that about the, oh, you don't want to make the mother feel guilty. And I always say, I don't say to the mother, are you going to vaccinate or not vaccinate your child? Mm-hmm. And, and I, the car seat, I've used that one too, but I never really thought about it in the context of the full-time pumping, give your kid a bottle because... See, they really do think they're doing the right thing, but I also hear Mary Lynn saying that parents are perhaps a little short-sighted because as a parent of a teenager, you look back and you say, oh, man, I'd be trading places with her and, and her child really having that connection. And it also reminds me of a woman that she came to my comprehensive course in Chicago and I can remember her words. She said, I looked at that baby and I looked at that mother nursing together and that baby looked up at his mother as though she had hung the moon. Yeah. And if you can even to the mom who you walk in the room and they are 100%, they have their plan and they're telling you what their plan is. If you can even begin to share or to suggest that maybe sometimes being everything your baby wants is a good thing. Ooh, I like that one. Ooh, I like that you know, one. Whatever. You, you, you two would come up with equally as convincing arguments, but we have to educate these people. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Mary Lynn. To that so, concept of informed consent and follow-up. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Thank you very much. Oh, Mary Lynn, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. All righty. Uh, wow, as usual, this this has like gone way, way, way too fast. You know that we could talk about this as well as other breastfeeding topics forever and ever. And in fact, we're going to talk about them every week. But the truth of the matter is, that's all the time that we have today. I'd especially like to thank my guest, Mary Kay Smith, for having been with me today. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed. And I'd like to invite you all to come back next week. We're going to have a really interesting show next week with a mother from England who's going to talk to us about baby-led weaning. Please visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com for a preview of what's coming up in the rest of the month, actually. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. So again, to visit the radio show, it's borntobebreastfed.com. By the way, you can subscribe. That would be terrific. And if you are interested in my professional courses, exam prep materials, or free webinars, or whatever, make sure that you sign up on my professional web- website, and that is 
www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. In fact, I think nowadays we've got it rigged so that it's just breastfeedingoutlook.com. I think I'm probably the one that is behind the eight ball here. So anyway, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mary Kay. I'm Marie Biancuso. I promise that I will help you to cut through the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding next month, Monday, same time, same channel. And in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 